Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. My name is Patrick Finn, but today I'm not sitting here with Tommy Gibbons. I'm sitting here with my producer, Stephen Prendergast. Hey, bitches. This episode is a little different because, um, unfortunately, one of us um, was tested positive for COVID. That would be me. Uh, fortunately, Tommy and Stephen and everyone else I've been in touch with have all tested negative. Fortunately for me, I was already vaccinated when I was exposed to the virus. So the effects on me were basically the equivalent of a bad cold for at least five days. But I am okay. I'm still in quarantine. And that is why we're not recording our usual episode. Instead, what we did is we looked through our original unaired pilot episode that we recorded back on August 17th of this year. Uh, and we basically uh, took out some excerpts from that. So what you're going to be hearing is, um, like I said, from our original first episode, you'll only be hearing excerpts. This And this uh, we'll be talking about how we got our dogs. And we'll be discussing May West's birthday, which we really seem to really go on about for quite a bit. And then we end up with a look into our briefs in which we discuss some legal issues and legal cases that came before the court, the courts this past summer. So that's it. We hope you'll enjoy this. In the meantime, uh, rest assured, we will have a brand new episode for you next week. That would be on uh, recording it on October 19th. We'll be recording it. So that means it will be available on October 22nd. So in the meantime, we hope you'll enjoy this episode. Thank you. their dogs. My name is Patrick Finn. I'm sitting here with Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches! Welcome to the maiden voyage of our show. Uh, what did you call me? No, I didn't call you anything. I said um, it's our maiden uh, voyage. Uh, ma There's nothing maiden about you, dear. Keep going. Anyway, welcome to the show. This is our virgin episode. What did you uh, call me? <laughs> shut up. Um, in case you're wondering why grumpy old gay men, well, because mostly because we're grumpy because we're old. And we're gay. Because we like men. Hence, grumpy old gay men. That's right. And as for their dogs, well, we love our dogs. Because they're one of the few creatures in the world that love us back unconditionally. We love our dogs. Yes, we do. In fact, I own a seven-year-old Cairn Terrier named Abigail. That's a lie. It is true. It's <laughs> seven years old. But you don't own that dog. Well, all right. She owns us. Keep going. <laughs> and Thomas, you own a dog, don't I you? I own a dog. I own a three-year-old Kavapoo, which a is a designer. Yeah, it's a designer. It's a Spaniel Poodle mix. He's a dick. He is. His name is Louie. He's three years old. He thinks the world is all about him. I said no. And... That's what my dog is. He's Louie. Unfortunately, he's he is not here tonight. Hopefully, he'll be here for the next episode. I need a break. Well, we'll see about that. Okay. You know what it takes to take him out of the house? I need, like, armed guards because he's an animal. Keep going. What are, what are we doing? Anyway, I was about to say why we're here and why we're broadcasting. Continue. In fact, the people listening may be saying why would they want to listen to a bunch of Old, white, cisgender, gay men. Is this and I can't think really have a good reason. Well, it will be. It's a podcast. Okay, so so wait a minute. I can listen to a podcast. Yes. Later. Yes. So is that still a broadcast? Well, no, technically no. I was misusing the word broadcast then. Okay. Because okay. when you say words like broad, I pay attention. Uh, well, you know. You understand. I meant a podcast. But anyway, as for why you may want to listen to us, I really can't think of a reason why. We're just two old gay homos who like to bullshit and talk, and that's what we're going to do. Go do better things. We're going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about being gay. We're going to talk about the gay world. Everything sucks. We'll talk about past history. We'll talk about current events. And, of course, we're going to talk about our dogs. That's right. Which will lead us into our first segment, which I will call Heavy Petting. Which is about our dogs. Our dogs, because who else are we heavy petting? So I figured the best way to start talking about our dogs is to talk about how we got our dogs. Oh, Jesus. Now, Tommy, we, 
No, but you have a better story. Also, I'll start my story first. Okay, you have a better okay. story. My story's horrible. What I what we wanted, I guess people should know, I live here uh, with my husband, Stephen, for 10 years. And uh, we always wanted a dog. But we didn't think it was fair to a dog because for years, both of us worked 8 to 10 hours a day away from home. We didn't think it was fair to leave a dog all by itself in our home that way. Even if we, people are saying, well, buy a second dog for it. We're like, no, that doesn't solve the problem. Then you have two dogs. That's dogs right. love people. They need to be around people. That's it's just exactly not fair. Right. So we waited. And then my job situation changed where I opened my own practice from home. No, wait. And I worked from home. You're was, skipping author. Oh, well, that's true, too. During all this time. Uh, the, big, the biggest part of this is author. Yes, I forgot author? all about author. Let me go back to author. You must. So, while this time, because Stephen and I, we've been together for 20 years. We've been married for 10 years. Um, old. That's yes. where old, cranky, what are we? Old, grumpy. Grumpy old game man. Grumpy old game man. Old. Yes. yes. Continue. So, Stephen and I, while we lived together, we would occasionally dog sit for my friend Ernest, who has this old- Ernest! Ernie, he called you Ernest. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> who owns a lovely Yorkshire Terrier named Arthur. Arthur's another bitch. But absolutely adorable dog. So we would dog for him all the time. We absolutely fell in love with Arthur. And and before Arthur arrived at your house for any of these dog-sitting occasions, yes. what would you do? What do you mean, what would we do? What would you and your husband do in anticipation of Arthur's arrival? I don't know what you're referring to. You know exactly what I'm referring to because it's like having a little girl in dance school. You went out and you got her costumes and toys and chewing things and coats and hats and vests and and pajamas and beds. And go ahead, tell me about yes, yes. the preparations. We into just give charge. It wasn't preparation. It was. It was. We just. Knew it was. Arthur shopping was sprees. We knew Arthur was coming over, and that Ernie didn't always pack all the proper accoutrement <laughs> that goes with the door. So we figured, let's go out and get a few things for all. Okay. Like a divorced dad on his son's birthday goes out, spends too much. Go ahead, continue. I keep saying continue. I hate that. Danny, cut that. I don't like it. So anyway, once after all these years. After all these years of dog sitting for Arthur, we knew finally that we wanted to get a dog. But we had to wait until our situation changed. And that changed when I began my own practice. And began working from home four years ago. So once that situation changed, then we started looking online at various dog rescue groups. And um, what did you find? We well, there are plenty of these groups. There we, are indeed. We we of course looked on Facebook. It was the, actually the easiest way to look. Uh, the Facebook that would lead us to you know the actual websites of some of these groups. And the group we found was called Yorkie Nine One One. And we went, I'm familiar. I'm yeah. familiar. And we went to the website for it, and there was a whole application form that of you have to fill course, out on the site. Of course, this, but don't bleed into my story. Okay, Keep going. but we fill up the application of course for you it. Because, and then sometime shortly thereafter, we were contacted by the group, and they said that they wanted to come over to our home to do an inspection and a brief interview. Hold on, could you believe that? Bitches want you to adopt a dog. And then they want to come to your home. They don't do this for people. It's easier to adopt children from third world countries than it is to adopt a dog on Long Island today. Well, let me just say that continue. the uh, reason these groups... Jamie, there's another continue. The yeah. reason why these groups are so specific and demanding in their requirements, and, and that includes inspections and interviews, is... They want to make sure these dogs are being being put in safe, caring homes. Most of these dogs were dogs that were abandoned on the streets. And Abigail was such a dog. She was found somewhere down south on the streets. Me in a tent wanting to adopt a dog is better than where that dog came from. Why, you got to come look at my backyard and give me notes about where the electricity is in the walls in my living room because of a dog. Well, you can tell that story when it's your turn. It's You know what? I'll tell my story because my story didn't have any of the problems of your story because they contacted us saying they wanted to come over. We said, fine. 
we actually cleaned our house from top to bottom because we didn't know how much of an inspection there was going to be. It's to, for, for, to adopt what, Patrick? A dog. Uh, to keep going. But that's just who we are. We leave clean, the, we leave clean that when people come in. over. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> and there's a stranger coming to our house. We clean. To inspect. Okay, you cleaned the house. And we made sure the yard was all secure and everything, so there were no issues. We have a fence around the backyard area. And then this woman from the organization came, and she had um, one of her dogs with her, and it wasn't a little terrier. And I immediately, Stephen was basically, my husband was basically showing the woman around the house, showing her around the yard, and I was busy playing with the dog. <laughs> Stephen is so graceful. Yep, yes he is. Such a hostess. Yes he is. Yes. Go ahead. And what she saw calling? right away. What is he calling you? Never mind what he calls me. <laughs> she saw right away that... No, there were no problems with the yard, that this was going to be a loving home. Good place for And call. before you know it, she's like, you'll hear from us soon. And we did, and we were approved to go adopt one of their dogs. Now, how did you discover this dog? Okay, well, this particular dog, Abigail, her, her photograph was on the website for the group. Okay. And I kept going back to this dog's photo saying, I really like this dog. Right. And right. It, wasn't, it wasn't a Yorkshire Terrier. It was a Cairn Terrier. These are basically... Uh, they come, they supposedly originate from Scotland. Uh, they're cousins of the other Scotty, I guess the Scotties. That appeals to you? What? The Scotland? Glen? No, it's just, in, that, that, that's uh, where they come uh, from. Because you, you nerded out about the dog. Well, they're called Cairn Terriers because they would, they basically, <laughs> they're rodent chasers, they're rodent killers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would go in through the mounds of dirt or whatever they that were called cairns. Arm. Why? What do you mean, why? Why cans? Like, where does that word... Is it a composite of two words? Like, what is it's that a word? word. C-A-I-R-N. Yeah, can. Yep. And so you named the dog can because it did what? They this they did it mostly to differentiate it from the Scotty. That's why they called it a Cairn Terry. Okay. Okay. So... Okay. So it's a rat catcher dog. It's a rat catcher. It's a rat. Okay, go ahead. So, okay. so you see this dog in pictures from the... And go. Yep. And then the, the the group had an open house at, um, I think it was at a pet store. A Petco out, or out a Pet or a Bark Me. Or and um, so Stephen and I went out there, and they had this whole big setup in the store right, where the dogs were all penned in, yeah, and they yeah. bring all the dogs in. Right, right, right. And then if you want, you can go into the pen, you can yeah, yeah, see play the with dogs. The dog. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking for Abigail, and they said she was going to be there. And we found her, and she was, like, hiding under the chairs and stuff, was staying away from the other dogs and everything. And before you know it, she came over to me at one point, and she put her paws on my leg. And I fell in love with her immediately. Okay. And then she left. She went off. Uh, on her own accord? Yep. Okay. And went to, go look at a few, I went to go look at a few other dogs, and then I went back to the same spot I was in, and she came back over to me. Where does... I am here to see Abigail fit into Well, that, that comes in that comes in next. Okay. Stephen, basically, once we saw the dog and everything, we were like, yes, we want to take this dog. And we're like, yes. And we we're basically telling the woman, yes, we want this dog. Oh, it. yeah. And the woman's like, oh, yes, that's great. You love it. Oh, there are all these other dogs here. And Stephen's like, yes, we know. We the want this Abigail. dog. Okay, we want okay. Abigail. Don't, don't understand me. And they're like... Oh, you want, and they were like, I guess they were being hesitant about her because of the way she well, looked. And what uh, her hair was, her hair was completely matted. She was sick. And the she dog was, was sick. sick. She had uh, skin allergies, which that's a whole uh, other story you. for another time. Uh, but this is basically the story of how we got her. Right, right, So right. I think they were kind of surprised that we wanted this dog. That dog. We figured... Whatever she looks like, we, we can fix that. that. We, we can take yeah, care yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Not a problem. Gay, you're two gay men with a dog, no children. Exactly. And okay. So right. if so, finally they're like, okay, and we filled in all the paperwork and da da da. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Personal. In any of the of the uh, pre-adoption paperwork that you had to to fill out. Did they ever ask you for your social media account information? I really don't remember. I don't remember. They may have. I really don't remember if they did or not. So what happened was, 
I'm shifting from you. Okay. To Louis. Okay. Because this they're overlapping. Yeah, well, the end of the story is we got the dog. You ended up taking the dog back. You took the dog back. The dog is now this horrible beast living in your home, and she's beautiful, <laughs> and she's fat, and she's happy, and she's in charge. Yes. And good for Abigail, and that's the life she deserves, and bitch, that's the life you deserve, too, to be spoken to like that by this little... Okay. So I wanted to adopt a dog. Right. I really wanted to rescue a dog. So I now, did. also, you should, you should tell the backstory to this, how you had a dog. All right. So I had an old English sheepdog who was my 40s. He was, we were absolutely attached. We moved houses, we moved homes. And me and this dog were very attached. And his name was Colonel Pickering. And he was an old English sheepdog, and I loved him. And then he died. So about a year and a half, two years after he died, I started hearing from people like my doctors and my friends and my fucking sister about Maybe you should consider getting another dog. So we that started a search for dog, and I wanted to rescue a dog. And I went through the same processes, but I resisted the imposition that these rescue organizations were putting on my life. And I let them know, you don't have to come video my backyard. You interview me in person. Do you know what I'm saying? You see yes. me live. You see yes. me react with the dog. Done. You know, you're trying to rescue dogs. I want to come take a dog. Do I? Am I the person you spend a half hour with me, 20 minutes with me, 10 seconds with me and decide? Am I going to take this dog from you and make it food for another dog? <laughs> yes. Okay? That's what we're trying to avoid. If you, from, the, to me, from the organization's perspective, if I could take the dog and move the dog into a home that's going to house it, feed it, care for it. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to go inspect the fucking backyard or the living spaces or how will this dog be exposed to other animals? Ah! I want to adopt this dog. You're going to give it to me? No, because I'm going to go to the next guy. So what happened was I went to the next guy. And it turns out the next guy was just as much as a cunt as the first guy. So I bought my dog. Because I decided, fuck this, I want to do this, and they're making it so hard, and I'm sorry, but I don't think it's too much to say, you don't get to know my social media information, so I can adopt a dog. So, I went online. Dogs. And so now, you know, whenever you go online, you press dogs, I dare you, and you see what happens, and so on. Now we're down, and there's this dog, and he's on the end of a leash, and he looks like uh, mm, he's this scruffy little, uh, he looks like he's in a bad mood, like, take my picture, like, he, like, like, he should have numbers under his chin, like, like a, like a, what do they call him when a cop takes a picture using you, you get your A mugshot. A mugshot. So I said, well, that, you know, he fit all the, I had requirements. Okay. I wanted a male, a young male dog with hair and a snout. Those are my rules. Young is negotiable, because you know I'm going to end up with a female fucking bulldog. You know what I mean? That's what that, that, that that's going to come up and lick me and come with me. So Louis and and Louis came from Abrita, and we paid cash for Louis, and we we drove four hours to pick up Louis, and then drove four hours back from picking up Louis, and Louis has been with us ever since, and us is me and my sister. Uh, who live together and are sharing this dog. Um, yeah. Okay. L lose a dick. Well, I know that you are not the only person I know who went through a bad experience with a rescue group. Tell me. How could you have held this for me? Well, because it was, I believe it was in uh, Stephen's family. They had a problem getting, uh, I think it was either through a shelter or through a rescue group. I'm not sure. It was one or the other. They I'm sorry. It's insane. And like I said, you know, I understand there's a, you know, you want to protect these dogs. You want to make sure they're in healthy, happy homes. But it, it shouldn't be harder to get a dog than it is to get a loan of money from a bank, you know? I've never tried to get a loan. <laughs> but so, there's one big birthday today uh -oh. that I really want to talk about. Maybe today. Today, August 17th. Go ahead. And that's the birthday. He was born 
August 17th, 1893. Oh, go slow. She died November 22nd, 1980. Go ahead, at slow. At the age of 87. Give me all that information again. She was born August 17th, 1893. Stop. Where? Uh, I don't know. I believe in Brooklyn. Go ahead. Uh, and she is it died. Fanny Bryce? No, it is not Fanny Bryce. Go ahead. She died November 22nd, 1980. 1980. Ah, 1987. So she was like 100. She was 87. She was 87. <laughs> so she lived for 87 years. Mm-hmm. So, okay, go ahead. Born in Brooklyn. Do you want to know any more about it? I want to know. I want to be able to get to her name. Okay. Well, right. she, she was active in vaudeville. She started in vaudeville at the age of 14. It's not fair. Okay. It's not Fanny Price. Okay. He said that. I she was known for her breezy sexual independence. and her. Oh, life. oh. Is it Mae West? Yes, it is Mae West. Very breezy good. sexual independence. Yes. Go ahead. She first starred, her first starring Broadway role was on the 1926 play Sex, which she also wrote, produced, and directed. Wait, what year? 1926. The play was a big hit, but it was raided and closed down, and she was arrested and sent to jail for corrupting the morals of youth. She could have chosen to pay a fine or spend 10 days in jail. She chose jail. She went to jail, yeah. She wanted the publicity, but she got And while she was in jail, she had dinner with the warden and his wife. Of course you did. <laughs> and she was released two days early for good behavior. But the whole thing just enhanced her total image. Her next play was 1927's Drag, which addressed homosexuality and cross-dressing. And this is 1927 we're talking about. 1927, we're talking about... And she starred this. She did this play. She cast all gay men in the play. She Mary had audition. She had auditions in a bar in a gay bar down in the uh, uh, Greenwich so Village in Manhattan. There's always like, like, she's the early version of things that led to, ultimately, a chorus line. Like she's that downtown vibe. Yeah, that breaking the rules, sort of not like. Well, not exactly. I mean, structure. She. She crossed lines, but she also towed the lines, she, and that's what she did with this play. Did she present pornography? No, she didn't do pornography. Well, it was considered pornography. Well, we're talking but, about but, homosexuality. Tell me about it. Well, what it was, was it was about basically about a socialite, about he was a closeted gay socialite. Okay. And the play ends with a drag ball. Is there nudity? Uh, there's no nudity in the play. Is there copulation? No, there's no Is copulation. Is there fornication? There, there's no fornication. Is there... Okay, so no. There's none of that. All right. But the play... The material itself is, is scandalous enough in 1928. The 27. 27. She was able to open the play in New Jersey and in Connecticut, but not on Broadway. Where'd she get the money? So then she rewrote... She, had, she made the money. She made the money being Mae West. Yes. And spent the money she made being Mae West, making up gay theater to do where people don't want to talk to yep. her. But unfortunately, what this play, since she couldn't do it with the gay theme, she rewrote the play somehow okay. to make a, a male lead a straight man. But the play was still considered too bawdy, and she couldn't open it. But since well, the that's... 1920s, Mae West was considered like a supporter of gay rights. And, and, but at the time, she could choose. She would like protest against police brutality and stuff. But from what I was reading, her view of gay men was a, the, a prevailing view at the time that gay men were actually women's souls in men's bodies. Well, there's a whole bunch of... You can go back, maybe, I don't know, am I making shit up, to, like, native peoples. Oh, yeah. Okay, the... the I don't want to... I don't know. Something, somebody has five genders. I want to say it's the Native Americans. Well, the Native Americans, they believe in the, the two genders. I forget the exact phrase for it, but they but, but recognize people as being two-gendered. As individuals being two genders, yes, as part of the normality in the of, tribe. of human. I forget which tribes, okay. but exactly. I, I, there's, there's something that I'm remembering, and I want to say it's about Native Americans who believed or recognized or accepted into their lives five different genders of people, like gender definitions, right? And yeah, I mean. So that was a prevailing view back then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, but let me ask you a question, Mae West. Yeah. Was she like, what was her motive? What do you mean, what was her motive? What was her motive? Why did she do that? Why did she go to jail 
to put a man in a dress on a stage. Well, she didn't go public. to jail for that. She went to jail whatever. for the first play, not but, for this play. But, but whatever it was, she whipped she, her reputation was and her life was to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. And she used that. Now, I got to tell you, I'm ignorant going into this, so I don't know if I'm offending nobody, but Mae West, if she's going into this um, thinking publicity, because she's getting it, what is her motive? What, or, or, she had gay friends. She, she gay liked friends. hanging out with gay you people. You and I have she gay wanted friends. to put them on stage. Are you going to jail for your gay friends? Of course not. I don't have to. No. It's a different time. <sighs> she didn't have to. She didn't have to, but she didn't go to jail for that. She went to jail for the first place, sex, which did not involve homosexuality at all. Uh, I did. I. Isn't there a point? This play never even opened on Broadway. Never they, even made it that far. No, of course it didn't. But, but let me ask you a question. If if she, hmm, she gets... Oh, shit. You got to go back. I don't remember what it was. Don't matter. Skip I don't to the next either. thing. Edit this, bitches. I lost my train of thought because I'm high. No, don't go back. That's technology. We're going to fuck it up. I'm not fucking just up. I just marked this. Don't Has it only been 37 minutes? But anyway... Keep going. She eventually, um, at the age of 40, in 1932, she moved to California to begin a movie career. Who's this? Mae West. At the age of 40. Mae West. She begins her movie career. Okay, but wait. And her first movie is a movie called Night Night After Night. And uh, she had a small role in it, but she was allowed to rewrite her own dialogue. And the movie's famous for the scene where she talks to a hat check girl and the hat check girl looks, looks looking at her jewelry, Mae West's jewelry, and she goes, my what, goodness, what beautiful diamonds. And Mae West famously says back, goodness had nothing to do with it, dearie. <laughs> Outstanding. Right? Her next film then was 1933's She Done Him Wrong, which was famous for starring a young and handsome actor who was actually rumored to be gay later on in his career, Cary Grant. Mm. Was he gay? Hold on, Cary Grant, he certainly put off a gay vibe. Well, there were always rumors because he lived with Randolph Scott. Okay. And, of course, there's that one movie scene where he's wearing, like, I guess like, I, I guess he's wearing that eight, like, kitchen apron, and he says something like, oh, I felt gay all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot of So that. people thought that there was something going on. He, he's never said anything. No one else has ever said right. anything. Doesn't matter. Who, it doesn't matter to me. I love Cary Grant. No, Cary One of my favorites Cary, from that period Cary of film. You, you know what me? he's an expert at? The, he and Catherine Hepburn, um, I don't know, I'm not such the movie guy, but that accent, that middle Atlantic accent that Which they was, spoke That was in. a manufactured accent. Absolutely. Totally manufactured. Absolutely, because nobody ever spoke like that, but they were experts at it. Yes, And I think... The the creation of it to, I think, expand each individual movie's appeal because it could play in London without, of course, it could play in other English speaking worlds because it's not really American. No, it's English. not. Yeah. Is it Britain? Is it where? You know what the fuck did you say? Yeah. Um. Somebody's trying to get in touch with us. That's that's their problem, not mine. All right. Well. So anyway, by 1935, 1935 she, I was was, she was the highest paid woman in the country and the second highest paid person in the United States. So she could spend all the money she wanted. Yep. She place. was second only to William Randolph Hearst. Hurst. That's amazing. That's but amazing. she was constantly fighting battles with the studios over her dialogue and she would always rewrite her dialogue. Well, you know why? Because she could afford to be a cunt. Well, it became even worse after the Hayes Code was passed. Well, how much of that was because of her? I'm asking. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, good. I, I, have, I haven't read a biography of Okay, so, so now somebody said something about making notes. Making notes? Yeah, we could make notes in the dialogue, like in the in the, in the the recording. You could make a note. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I've already so had that. So make a note. So you go back and research what the fuck we had ever with the I don't need to make a note about. about that. That's not absolutely necessary oh. for this. But anyway, getting back on track. This is a different level of nerd. In 1938, she was put on a list of actors that were considered box office poison. Really? Yeah. Why? 1938? Yep. Because of her racy racy films. So she was... You know? But, you know, know, you're not going to believe what role she was offered. In In Gone with the Wind, she was offered a role in that. Guess what role? Melody. No. 
No, it couldn't have been Scarlet. <laughs> it was definitely not Scarlet. <laughs> she was way too old enough oh, to be Scarlet. God. Well, I mean, Catherine, is her name Catherine, the mother? Nope, not the mother. No, a more prominent role. Oh, God, who? Belle Watling. The madam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, could you imagine? May West. You know what? I'll tell you what. As a theater director, I, I maintain that casting is 80%. Okay? I, and I have heard many theater directors argue with me and say that it's closer to 90 95% okay, of the job is putting the right person in the part. Because then all you got, you got to do two things. You got to direct the crew when those bitches learn their line. <laughs> yes. Okay? And you got to make sure they know where the furniture is. You got to talk, to, you know what I mean? You got to maneuver them around. You got to, okay, but you, and you got to take it all and put it together. Okay? So, yeah, I get, I don't, what are we talking about? May West. Wow. <laughs> we're far away. As a, yes, you happen to go went off on a tangent. We're far away. But we were talking about how she was off the role of Belle Watling. Belle Watling. Who else? Oh, could you imagine that whole scene with, yeah. with, with any scene with her and Clark Gable, what it would have been You're gonna, uh, with uh, her in it? Or Joan Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> Joan Crawford would have been better than Mae West no, as Belle Watling. I think Mae West is perfect. Actually, Joan Crawford would have been too young for that. But anyway... Her biggest film success was in 1939. Are we still talking about Mae West? We're talking about Mae West. Jesus, this is a new level. She's got quite a career. I'm, I didn't. I didn't realize she had a big. Her biggest success was a film in 1939, the year the greatest, the greatest year in Hollywood. Year in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, films called My Little Chickadee. <laughs> oh, Mae I've West. heard about this. You know who was in that? I've never seen it. No, who was in it? W. C. Fields. No, well, yeah. And they, the, the, it's famous. Together? They did not get along at all. Okay. They, they pretty much, yeah, they pretty much hated each other Walter during, Matthew, during the filming of this. Yeah, some, uh, along those lines. Right. Yeah, they did not get along at all during this. Her last who's, film. Whose movie was it? What? Whose movie was it? It was. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. Right, you've never seen it. I saw it a long, long time ago. My little kid. chickadee yeah. sounds like a phrase he would say. Yes, it is. So it's probably obviously his. about her. Yeah. So is it an I Love Lucy thing? Where like, well, it, it was a film. I know it was a western. I know the film was a western. I believe. No, I'm questioning the title. I don't know why. So don't look at me. Like okay, that. I'm not. Right. Anyway, because she kept fighting the censors and everything. Of course. She her, she made her last film in 1943. Wow. A movie called The Heat's On, and she was completely banned from writing any of her dialogue in the film. <laughs> and the film was a flop. So then after that, she washed her hands of Hollywood, and she returned to the stage and nightclubs in the 50s and 60s, and she became had very successful appearances in Las Vegas. And she died in 1980? Yeah, but, but she came back. She came back in 1970 in a film based on a book written by Gore Vidal... Starring oh. Raquel Welch. Oh. oh, wait, go ahead. Named Myra Breckenridge. Myra Breckenridge. <laughs> For those of you who don't know. I've seen that movie. This it's is a, a scandal. This is a movie about a man named Myron. Myron. Played by Rex Reed, who was a docile columnist back in the day in the 60s and 70s. Gay! Yeah, and very gay. And gay. He, and Charles he, Nelson Riley, gay. And like he leans in that. Yes, way. definitely. There's no mistaking it. Yeah. And I don't know the whole plot of the movie, but he undergoes a sex change operation and becomes Raquel Welch. He does. Yes. And Mae West Both is in the film playing a talent agent named Letitia Allen. Okay. Was she and blonde? She yeah. had that platinum blonde uh, hair going, and it's all her, you know, her. Probably whole, in a hat. The hat, the whole, yeah, right, you, know, right. you know, all the, the, the one-liners that she makes it all the men. Right, right, right. I think even Tom Selleck has an appearance in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's young Tom like, Selleck. He he's a baby. Yeah. Oh, a... my God. He's an absolute baby. It's either wow. that film or her you know next film I got that she was in. I'm not sure now. I got to say, I'm interested in Tom Selleck. Like, that's, that's a connection. That connect to have been have had worked with Mae West. Yep. All right. Go ahead. And then her next film, which was her last film, 
was a called Haven't Sextet. we done her last film like three times? No, no, we just discussed her second to last film. Oh, well, this is her last film. Her last film. Came out in 1978 called Sextet. Based on a play on that oxygen? she wrote. Well, she wasn't moving very quickly in this movie. I imagine and the it's, equipment required to move. It's a terrible movie. It's a really, it's a bad movie. It would but have to be. It's Mae West. It's fantastic. People wanted to see it, you know. Um, and how did she die? I don't know how she died. When did she die? She died in 1980. And the where age is she? Of 84. Where, at the age of 84, May West. Ha- and and she is buried where? People I should go don't know. I don't know where she's buried. Because like that. I'll have to find like out. She's iconic. There would be no Madonna. There would be no Cher. There would be no Britney Spears. One thing I learned about uh, Mae West was her walk, her which was she was known for her walk. Yeah, she she based (laughs) that she based that walk on two female impersonators that she knew. Of course, she did. Who were famous women during what they called the pansy craze. Women don't move that way. No, no. So she was RuPaul based on, and she in her in her nineteen seventy five book called Mae West: Sex, Health, and ESP. She wrote. I believe the world owes male and female homosexuals more understanding than we've given them. Live and let live is my philosophy on this subject, and I believe everybody has a right to do his or her own thing or somebody else's, as long as they do it all in private. So, you know what? It was completely altruistic. It wasn't necessarily about... It didn't cost her anything. She didn't risk anything by producing what she produced on stage representing homosexuality. No, for the play drag, no. Like, she lost nothing. No, she wasn't charged with a crime or anything. And and it didn't cost her anything. She was the highest paid person in the country. Probably just whatever money she put into production costs. But for her, at the time, with the money she's making, it's, it's, who was it? William Randolph Hearst was the number one, and then it was Well, that was in 1935. Uh, Okay. The play came early. The play was, of course, in the 27. <clears throat> but it, what I'm saying is, in the end, it cost her nothing. She she did what she did, and, and her life proved she did what she did because she believes what she believed. Yep. But she was quite a woman, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Who would play her? I don't know. Nowadays, I don't know who could play her. I, I'm thinking broad shoulders, big tits, like mama tits, like big tits. Big mother, like... I don't know. Because I don't know actresses who carry themselves or that way or could pull that off, which she did. Well, no, so, so you cast a drag queen. You'd, you'd be better off. You'd be better off. It'd be the only way to cast it. God. Right? But now we're going to move into a more exciting topic. I love this exciting and, and topic. And we're going to go into a segment called Take a Look Into My Briefs. Oh, God. And we're going to discuss a couple of issues in gay law. Gay law? Well, not gay law, but in queer-related law, I should say. There's a lot of cases came up at the end of this term of the U.S. Supreme Court. That, and that cases is people. important. Yes, they are. Go ahead. One of these cases that came up before the Supreme Court was called Fulton versus the City of Philadelphia. Okay. Now, in this case, the city had discovered... Not familiar. Well, what had happened was the city of Philadelphia had discovered that a charity called Catholic Social Services, which had a, it had a contract with, uh, did not vet same-sex couples... For foster parents, because it was not all their religious beliefs. beliefs. So the city determined that the the charity had violated the anti-discrimination laws um, and decided not to renew its contract with the charity. The city. Yeah. Now, the city could have given an exemption to the charity if it chose to. It had given exemptions to other charities for other reasons. But in this instance, it chose not to. What would, do, do you can can you give me a couple of names of other charities? It, it that I don't know. That I don't know. That information I don't have. But it wasn't about to do it for this charity. Well, no. So this case ended up going all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And who was on the court at the time? It's the current U.S. Supreme oh. Court. The current membership. Jesus. And because like I said this was decided earlier this year. And oh, it in, was. Oh, and God. in a nine to zero ruling. A nine to zero. The court found in favor of the charity saying that the city violated the free exercise clause of the First Amendment by not applying its policies in a neutral manner. Okay. Okay. Now, this is different from an earlier case, which everyone knows as the Wedding Cake case. Oh, God. Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. And in that case, 
the bakery had refused to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex for couple. same-sex couple. And the couple, the, commi- the commission, I guess the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, determined they were discriminating, and they issued orders to the bakery. All right, so can we stop for a second? I, need, I just yes. need to catch up and put this in my head. Okay. Okay, and not spewing from a, an educated attorney. Okay. All right. The cake guy. Yes. He didn't want to bake a cake for the gay couple. Yes. Okay, so... He says to the gay couple, we know, okay, is he taking, is that guy taking any money publicly? Is he taking any public funds? What do you mean? The is bakery? he support, is the bakery support? No, it's a privately owned business. It's a privately owned business. Yes. I say he can turn his back to anybody he wants to turn his back to. If he wants to turn his back to the gay couple, that's fine. But the gay couple going to, because you know what gay couples do, they're going to tell two people. Right. So. This is an instance where the free market is going to work to the degree that the local community, tell me you with me. Yes. Uh, sort of, sort of agrees to, or sort of, uh, well, it's not about agreeing to community standards. This was the determination in the bakery case that the commission had made, that this commission made. So the court, the Supreme Court, in a 7-2 decision... The Supreme Court of the United States of America? Yes, they the heard this case. The current Supreme Court of the... Yeah, well, this with that a, crazy yep. woman. No, Barrett was not on the Supreme Court at that time. Okay. Um, but in a 7-2 decision, okay. the court found that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission did not apply principles of religious neutrality to the bakery, when it punished the bakery. And it overruled the commission. And in fact, they said the commission acted with outright hostility towards the bakery's religious beliefs. Now, the court was careful not to rule on the broader issue of the conflict between anti-discrimination laws and the free exercise clause of the First Amendment, which means your freedom to practice your religion. Stop. The court's not ruling on that issue yet. Isn't that the question? It should be, but the court is stepping away from it. They don't want to rule on it yet. Keep going, because you're losing me because I'm drunk. I know, but that's okay. We're going to keep you going. I'm with you. But instead, the court said that in this particular case... In this particular case... The commission acted with outright hostility towards the bakery. Okay. So that's why they found for the bakery. So that was a determining factor. The city commission... Yep. ...acted hostilely... Yes. ...toward the bakery. Yes. I can see my the thing that I just said, hostilely, (laughs) being animated... Exactly. By some cunt editor. Um, anyway, I'm so... the C word. We, uh, t- oh, honey, do we need to talk? Do we need to talk about the C word? No, but we should avoid it. Why? It's an ugly word. Two gay men and their dogs. It's an ugly woman to women. It's an ugly word to women. It is an ugly word to women. I, I almost... No, I can't even say I was going to say I, I almost always mean it with a K. Yeah, but yeah, but it's not said not, that way. It's not true. No, it's not. And it's not. Anyway, true. going back on topic. But I'm gonna use it because I like it. So let me say too. I'm gonna use twat. I like twat. Do you like twat? Twat's a good word. Twat's a great. Twat's word. a great word. I love yeah, twat. Keep but, going. Okay. So anyway, this other case came up called the Arlene's Flowers case. Who the fuck is Arlene? Well, that's what we're gonna get to. There was a same-sex cu- uh, couple. They okay. were customers of this particular florist for nine years. Were they lesbians? Um, no, because... I don't believe... I believe it was men. I believe it was... Yeah, anyway, yeah. they requested floral arrangements for their wedding, and the florist refused, citing her religious beliefs. Fine. So they sued her on the grounds of discrimination and violation of the laws of the state of Washington. Okay, stop. Why? Just go to the next florist. Because they were discriminating against her, them because of their gay. But, but that florist could do whatever the fuck it wants. Not necessarily. Why not? Because it's not taking public money. But it's saying to them, I'm discriminating against you because you're gay. I and you're will. Getting married and no shirt, no beliefs. shoes, no service. Oh, I didn't spill it. You you're cunt. very lucky. Steven, I caught it. Um, anyway. No, you know what? No, you got to let that. That, that is the, that is the, uh, what I, uh, the, 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 the economic theory that we're supposed to be living under. Well, what is it called? the state laws of Washington at this time said you can't discriminate against gay I people. I was talking to you through the through the microphone. 
because I, I, I had gestured wildly and hit my wine. But as it was tipping toward me, teetering between the, making the decision between, I caught it. And so I yelled at you through the microphone. I said, I caught it, you bitch. Stay back. Are you so still I, recording right now? Yes, we are. Okay, goodbye. Anyway. Come play with us. Stop spilling. Come, I'm not, I didn't spill. That was the point. Had I spilled, I never would have yelled your name. Yeah, Daniel, you can cut all this. Anyway, back to the case. I think this is genius. So. Back to the case. The couple sue the, the florist for discrimination. Uh, we disagree here. The state then sue the, the florist for violation of its consumer protection laws. And then the bakery sued the state for her financial hardships caused by the first two lawsuits. And she claims that her floral arrangements constituted protected free speech. So the case ended up before the Washington State Supreme Court, and they said, no, floral arrangements do not constitute free speech, and that providing flowers for a same-sex wedding does not constitute endorsement of same-sex marriage. So they have to do it. Well, what happened was, then she appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, in the meantime, the U.S. Supreme Court, they had decided the bakery case. Remember that case where they said the commission treated them without right hostility? So, the U.S. Supreme Court remanded it back to the state of Washington. Where it belongs. And they said, listen, in light of our decision in the bakery case, that's how you're going to decide this case. Oh. So, the state... That's a cop-out. So, the state Supreme Court of Washington then said, you know what? They did discriminate against this couple in violation of the laws. Um, the flower arrangements do not constitute free speech. Okay. They are not an endorsement of same-sex marriage. I, do, I don't disagree. And that the bakery, the religious beliefs were not treated with outright hostility. There was no hostility involved in the state's decision to pursue this and in the couple's can I right tell you, to bring a suit. Can I tell you what I see? She then appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Who did? The, the, the florist. Oh, the florist. And the, the Supreme Court denied review of her case. They basically said the state Supreme Court's decisions is final. It's final. So that means that according to what happens to her, she has to supply the flowers. Yep. I, I disagree. I'm sorry I disagree. I am squarely on the other side of this issue. If you want to deny me flowers because I am marrying him... I'm going to go down the block. I'm going to get the flowers well, down you can the do block that. to talk to him. Uh, you did that. But you can also now bring a claim against them for discrimination. I, I don't understand. You no. can report it to your local governing body Let and say, just... they violated my rights. And then they can address it also. Did See? they violate my rights? They have rights. Yes. They have rights. They have, they have violated your rights as a gay I person. I don't think so. I don't that's think that's so. what I the law is. Made, I think they've made a, an absolutely horrible nap. If you ask me if the bus company run by the city says I got to sit somewhere, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a private company, a mom and pop shop. If mom and pop want to deny the gay couple down the block the flowers, fucking fine. But you know what the gay couple going to do? They're going to get somebody. They're going to talk. They're going to that let the free market deal with mom and pop in that in that intimate community social level. Let let free market deal and with that can happen pop. too. And 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 but you but know what? They still have to obey the law. But but because there are going to be other queer couples going to that florist. No, they're not. Yes, they gonna, are. Because they're going to know ahead of time. What if they're the only queer? Don't... What if they're the only florist in town? Come on. And they have nowhere else to go to. We're talking about rural areas. We're not talking about Long Island. Think of rural areas where there's only like one horse town, basically. Okay. You know. No, I. And they have no choice. Uh, uh okay. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to go to the next town then and go get flowers. Why not? You I'm... should say, fuck you. You're breaking the law. You're discriminating against me. You either remedy the situation or I'm going to bring a suit against you or I'm going to report you to the proper government authorities. I see now. I... That's how you handle discrimination. That's how you handle that. Discrimination that comes from a public source, the city. A city agency, the town, the village, the anything that's benefiting from my kid. Do you think the bus the companies, the private bus companies that ran down no, south, do you think that Rosa Park was wrong? No, I do not. Those were private bus companies. They, they were did. not government run buses. And they had government contracts, but they were private 
companies. Okay. So so take a breath. What she did was local. So what? Well, what I'm saying is that she couldn't fight on a government level. She had to fight on the local level. She had to fight. Rosa Parks and too many of them had to fucking fight on the town, the village, the community board level. And not the federal because government Because that's where level. it starts. Absolutely. So that's where she is. This started with a dispute between the floors. They involved the local state commission. They got involved. It's, a, it's the lawyers who bring it up to the federal level. Well, how many lawyers got paid for that case? No kidding. But that's not the point. It's a bullshit case. It's not a bullshit case. It is a bullshit You're case. saying private people should have the right to discriminate uh, against anyone. Gays, lesbians, transgenders, bisexuals. Black people, immigrants. I do. Where does it stop? It doesn't have to stop. Tommy, that's ridiculous. That's a, that's totally if untenable. That, if you, that's totally untenable. That's a, that's what the libertarian point of view. No. You know what libertarianism no. is? Selfish republicanism. No. That's all it is to me. <laughs> it's a more selfish republicanism. Wow. Okay. So hold on a second. When you're ready. Literally. I'm ready. All right. But how you can endorse private discrimination is beyond me. Because people have been fighting for how many decades for the right to go shop where they want, to go hang out where they want, to be who they are. And you're going to say, it's okay. That's, a, that's shameful. Okay. That's shameful. Right. What if they ban people because of their HIV status or their, their, their medical status? <laughs> okay. Sorry, uh, we don't serve people with bronchial asthma. Are you talking about... Where did it stop? Where did it stop, Tommy? Are uh, you talking about Vinny's Pizza? Vin, what are you, Vinny's Pizza? What are you talking about? What I'm talking about is the uh, about who you are, who is serving up the discrimination. I believe that if the discrimination comes from any level of state, then it should be. Hold on. Oh, so you're saying only government discrimination should be punishable by 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 law? I agree. Wow, I agree because wow, because, and let me let me let me tell you, wow, uh, so, so Tommy, you just set the civil rights movement back over a hundred years. I don't think I did. you just set it back a hundred years, Ooh, let me know. and not just for queer people, for everybody. You just set it back. You're saying that any private business should be allowed to discriminate against anybody. I do. That's exactly what you're saying. That's exactly what, I'm and saying. that's a horrible thing to say. Okay. That's a horrible thing to say. I accept that from you. I accept that. Uh, I I I would like an opportunity to speak to a clear, open mind about why I feel the way I do, but I don't think that's where you're coming. But it makes no sense, Tommy, and it's not the way things are. No. Uh, What I'm saying, my argument is, free market is going. To take care of is, is free the free market free what market been, economics. What are you been sucking on the tit of Ayn Rand? No, no, no I think Jesus on Christ, come on! I think, I, think there's a, I think there's a giant step between Ayn Rand and what may just be enough rational. Uh, I can't think of the word. Rational is not right. Pragmatism. Okay, it it's not. It's never going to be. Right now, I'm right now in my head. I'm looking at unicorns with rainbows jumping over, jumping over clouds. Like it's never going to be that. We're not expecting it. The perfect I, is the enemy of the good. No now, one's expecting I, the perfect. I, see, I think, but just, we're expecting injustice I, to be addressed. I think, but his here, here, if, if I think I'm st- the same, just. Mm. It's about it's about the way the public as a whole, as represented by the government from the very basic level of school fucking board, town board, aldermans, whatever, as those people represent the community, they are required to represent the community under these certain laws. And there apply all of this all of the civil rights laws, all of the oh, apply all Jimmy down the block don't want to fix my shoes because I'm going to wear them at the gay club in the next 
in the next town over in my next drag show. So I'm going to take him to court and say, no, fuck Jimmy. I'm going to go to Guido in Arkin fuck me and get let him fix my shit. And you know what? And that's your option. I don't think it should be. But that doesn't mean it should. Be, uh, that doesn't mean it should be your only option. When do you legislate what's in people's heads? And I think that if they decide that they that their their way to approach the market to approach. Hold if, on, take a breath. This is not what's in their heads. They're telling them, "Sorry, yeah. I can't provide a cake to you because I don't. My <laughs> religion does not believe in same sex marriage. Fine. Sorry, I can't provide flowers to you. They're saying it. They're not hiding it. To I you. don't have. We're not reading any anybody's mind in these cases i don't have these shoes in your size that's a whole different story how I, ah because you're looking for a specific product there they don't have your size of that product that's a whole different story we're not going in there and saying you can't buy any of my product because you're black you can't buy any of my products because you're jewish you can't buy any of my products because you're puerto rican that's what you're saying is okay. You're saying that any man, you can go into my local village and let every store in town discriminate that way? Number one, they wouldn't make any business anymore. That's the because, point. But no, that isn't the point. The point is they shouldn't be discriminating in the first place, Tommy. They shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Because uh. then, you know what happens? Then it leads to, oh, these people can't get married anymore. It's against the law now. Oh, these people? No, no, they, we don't want them in teacher jobs. Oh, these people? No, we don't want them as police. Oh, these people? Willing we don't want them as doctors. I don't want them as nurses. I don't want these people touching me. I oh, you know what? I don't want these people living in my neighborhood anymore. Let's go put them in this ghetto. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I want to get rid of this ghetto. Why don't we just kill all those fucking people? That's what you're talking about, Tommy. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand the argument. I hear it clearly and completely. So, who died this week? <laughs> no one yet. No. The night is young. <laughs> the night is young. And we don't know how much we have recorded, so a death. But that's all. Oh, yes, we do know how much we recorded. We yeah, so don't worry about that. We may need a death Moving scene. on to the next case. <laughs> this is a case called GG versus Gloucester County School Board. Happened in Virginia. GG. Well, we've now the person's name now because it came out in the news, but okay. in the lawsuit, they were listed only as GG because they were a minor when the lawsuit started. Oh, okay. Gavin Grimm was a person's name, was born female, and eventually presented as female in high school. Uh, but then later on, presented as male. And that started using the boys' restroom in the school. Now, I don't think any of the other students complained, but parents of the students complained. Um, so the board, the school board of Gloucester County then, they passed a regulation that required students to use a restroom of their biological gender and for transgender students to use one of three unisex bathrooms that had been installed. So, but this regulation is adopted. She would continue to use the woman's bathroom until she was prohibited from doing so. And this even happened after... Um, he began uh, hormone therapy to alter his physical form. He underwent uh, reconstructive surgery of his chest. He received an official ID from, from Virginia State that supplemented his birth certificate that listed him as, as male. male. And they still wouldn't let him use the woman's bathroom. So then through his parents, he sued the school board in federal court um, for violation of federal anti-discrimination laws. Wait, hold on. Can I ask a question? Yeah. He want he his argument was uh, against he was barred from using the women's bathroom. Yes. Born female. Born female. Transition to Transition male. to male at this time. Well, I said when he first when he he first presented as male but didn't be, hadn't begun the therapy hormone therapy or the surgery yet? That happened later on. Okay, so I, so he hadn't undergone all of the medical treatment yet, and right? Then, and now he's being he wants to use the women's room. Yes. Go ahead. 
So he ends up through his parents suing the school board for violation of you know, anti-discrimination laws right, and, right, right, the, right, right. and the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And the district court in Virginia found in his favor, saying that he had faced emotional harm from using the restroom assigned to his, from, from being forced to use the restroom assigned to his biological sex. Okay, so wait, he wanted to use the men's room. No, no, he, uh, he wanted to use the men's room. And they were making him use the women's room. Yes. And he was saying, or, look at me, please. And then they said, well, you have the three unisex bathrooms. And he's like... Go ahead. Use one of those. Right. Go ahead. So, um, the board then appealed to the Circuit Court of Appeals. And they upheld the District Court's decision. Because they relied on an earlier U.S. Supreme Court decision from last year. A case called... Um, Bostock versus Clayton County. And in that case, the court said that the phrase on the basis of sex in the 1970 Civil War Civil Rights Act included legal protection for sexual orientation and gender identity. That was the intent of the law. Right. So they basically said, hey, this is a woman. Yes, it's a transgender woman. But you are treating, oh, I'm sorry, this is a man, but a transgender man, and you're treating him differently from other men. Okay. Can't people just pee? And so what happened was then they lost, to, they lost in the Circuit Court of Appeals. They then appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court denied it. They denied the uh, uh, request to review the case. So... Tell me the outrage. So the man, the the student won. The student won. The student won. And yes. now is entitled to use the the male bathrooms in this school that he no longer attends. Yes, but now it's a future generations. Exactly. I exactly. understand that. I understand that. Now there's another case that I came up recently. Now there's another case that came up recently that's going to end up before the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh Jesus, we have no chance. And this is a case from Illinois. It's called Hobby Lobby versus Somerville. I don't like Hobby Lobby. Yeah, we don't like well, yeah, Hobby Lobby. You may remember. And people who eat at that chicken place, I think, are suspect. Well, no, that's Chick Fil A. That's a whole yeah, different I don't matter. Like that place. But Hobby Lobby, they were involved in a yeah. case that said that sometimes um, foam on a Sunday. That basically said that privately held corporations could be exempt from um, from regulations concerning an owner's religious belief. Hold so basically, Tony, what? Tell, Talk stupider. Okay, so basically the Supreme Court said that privately held for-profit corporations can be held exempt from a regulations its owners re- object to on religious grounds. Okay, so they don't right? have to hire gay people. Exactly, gay people so, th- so that was a ruling on, on that. Sundays. So the Supreme Court says, yes, you can do that. Right. Go ahead. So, so that happened in the meantime. Okay. Um, There's a meantime? Now, this other case comes up. This case, Hobby Lobby versus Somerville. I don't like Hobby Lobby. Now, Megan Somerville began transitioning from male to female in 2007. Okay. In 2009, she came out as female to some of the staff members at Hobby Lobby and began medical treatment, which produced secondary sex characteristics like breasts. Boobies. And at this point, they had been working at Hobby Lobby for like 20 years. All right. Um, so Hobby Lobby said, no, you got to go. Well, eventually. In early 2010, she began to use her female name and dress as a woman at the job. Okay. No one objected. All right. In Why should they? In July of 2010, she got a court order to legally change her name. Okay. Got a new driver's license and a social security card, both acknowledging her as female. The court says, social security card? You know yep. what you got to go through to talk to social security? Yep. So she got all that. She got a card? Go ahead. She goes to a job. She Fuck officially me. she informs them officially of the transition. Why? And they change their records to reflect that she's not. Okay, a I get it. I get it. Use this name. But they prohibit her from using the woman's room. That's ridiculous. She begins to use it anyway. The store then orders its employees to report her if she tries to use the woman's room. So you know what? Go pee in the men's room. So eventually she got disciplined for it. She files a complaint with the State Human Rights Commission. Uh, after being disciplined by the store. I get it. In the meantime, while the curse is being litigated, the store tells her, uh, you can use the bathroom if you undergo the transition surgery or if you produce a birth certificate listing you as female. 
Go fuck yourself. You know what? And uh, then, it, then it installed a I'm, unisex bathroom. I'm tired. But they still permit, stopped her from using the woman's room. So, the commission found in her favor, awarded her $220,000. That's okay. Hobby Lobby appealed. Well, yeah. On August 13th, this past week of this year, that was yesterday. the Illinois Second District Appellate Court Illinois. upheld the commission's decision, saying meant? Somerville is female, just like the women who are permitted to use a woman's bathroom. The only reason that Somerville is barred from using a woman's bathroom is that she is a transgender woman, unlike the other women, at least as far as Hobby Lobby knows. I agree. So it looks like Hobby Lobby is planning to appeal... And yeah. they, and but they think that they're gonna probably argue a religious element to it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how and that's gonna be handled? I'm torn. I know you're horrified. Well, I'm horrified at horrified. your idea that you think that private discrimination should be allowed. I, but I'm horrified. I know. By it. I know you are. And totally horrified by that. I don't think that this moves. That this here. Uh, is gonna move my out. <laughs> it's gonna. It's not gonna make you smile. Let's just say, yeah, pack those cigars, bitch. Cause uh, I don't know. I. I mean, here's the thing. How much is Hobby Line Hobby Lobby getting dis getting government welfare? How much corporate welfare is Hobby Lobby taking? Who knows? Probably tax the taxes. You know. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm when I'm. There, they are probably getting a deal, and once you start getting into a deals with the federal government, you should abide by their rules. I think the whole amendment, every every argument you make about the amendments, is about the federal government. The federal government cannot come in and tell you you cannot argue against you. You're not allowed to argue against me. You're not that the First Amendment right to freedom. That's against the federal government. Jim down the block. He can say whatever the fuck he wants, and if he's going to yell at you for saying what you're saying, you tell him to go fuck himself. I, I, how much? I don't know. I don't know. Am I a fucking secret Republican? How much do you want? How much do you want your private life regulated? It's not a matter of regulating your private life. It is. If you're talking about Jim the, the it's florist, it's a matter of protecting. Who you are. I understand that. You don't have to explain it to me. I was there. It was 1984, 1980. I was there. I understand what you're saying to me. And I don't, And I just told you I was conflicted. I just don't... I think that there is a very slippery slope when elected officials... of Elected officials... Officials... Elected officials... Officials! Elected official, officials... Elected officials. Hello, please press four for elected officials. Oh my God. When those cunts start telling you how you should think, what you should wear, what you should be, where you should go, what, ba, 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 Afghanistan right now, then you've gone too far. Stay that's, away from well, me. First of all, that's a theocracy we're talking about. I, I, in particular, we're, yes. not, we're not becoming a theocracy. No, not I yet, just, anyway. believe me, I understand. We're on the, if the if a certain party gets back and a certain president gets reelected, we could be heading for a fascist state. Toy, toy, toy. Different story. Toy, 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 toy. On that note, we're going to bring our first episode to a conclusion. Is that a full episode? Yes. yes. That took like only four days. I, I'm only. Okay. So, uh, we'll say goodnight from Tommy Gibbons and Patrick Finn. This is me, Grumpy man. Old Gay Men and Their Dogs, and we'll talk to you in our next episode. Bye, bitches. Bye.